Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of Interlinked, an initiative under the Center for New Economic Studies at OP Jindal Global University. Interlinked aims to hold nuanced conversations on the interdisciplinary nature of the problems plaguing the world today. As we hold conversations on the socio-political climate, we want to break down these intellectual barriers and look at topics in a way that will allow us to question them from several facets. If you are listening to us for the first time, do take a look at our previous work. In the light of the ongoing conflict in the northeastern state of Manipur, Interlink has collaborated with an independent research team that is working closely on the crisis unfolding in Manipur. The collaboration is aimed towards producing a podcast series called The Unraveling of the Conflict. In this series of podcasts, we wish to explore conflict resolution and peace building through different lenses. through intriguing conversations with scholars from diverse disciplines in today's episode the team is trying to look at the psychological and emotional dimensions of conflict and the necessity of focusing on the mental and emotional health of the community stakeholders in conflict ridden areas the talk will aim to explore the importance of addressing soft power and inner peace in conflict resolution efforts we are very proud to host mr mandar apte today He is the founder and executive director of Cities for Peace, a not-for-profit consultancy that a- that actively promotes peace in cities worldwide. In 2016, he joined George Mason University for conflict analysis and resolution. Apte also launched the World Summit for Countering Violence and Extremism, that brings together social justice activists and law enforcement executives from across the world for promoting peace and compassion. Thank you so much for joining us today, sir. Thank you, Samrani, for this uh, invitation. Um, okay, sir. So, um, starting off with the first question, the field of conflict resolution and peace building has traditionally focused on the external factors and institutional solutions. What are some of the risks involved in the same? and how can a shift towards focusing on internal factors mitigate those risks uh yeah so this is a good question uh, you know when uh, we look at uh, maslow's need of hierarchies if the needs of food clothing shelter are not met uh one can argue that uh, the the person may not be happy however uh, there is a whole new world of living in the eastern tradition where uh, two things are realized one uh, just having a silver or a golden bed doesn't mean that that person is sleeping peacefully and even if you have no bed and you sleep on a footpath you might have the best of sleep and that person may also share their meal with you so this eastern philosophy well actually there is nothing eastern about it it's a <laughs> philosophy it's a way of living where uh, india is the you can say the custodian of this philosophy worldwide but it's a universal philosophy that uh, unless there is inner peace unless there is contentment within we cannot expect that person to go out there and promote peace outside 
so that is where the answer to your question is uh, western frameworks western ways of peace building have always relied on fixing the structures like uh, removing corruption from the system being more transparent etc etc and indeed these systems do need to be fixed so i'm not saying be corrupt and still be promoting peace right then uh, it's a dr jekyll mr hyde story but western frameworks do not address the person the human being because western frameworks do not think or have not given much thought to who is a human being and is it just the body or are there more subtle layers to a human being because the western frameworks don't address that we cannot expect them to take ownership of integrating that inner peace component in peace building and so that is where the role of india or the indic civilization or the eastern traditions come in because for thousands of millenniums they have studied that internal world that we are not just our body we have a body but we are not just our body if we were just our body which is matter uh, we would not feel tired will we a piece of wood your dinner table doesn't say at the end of the day i am tired i need to sleep so because we are not just matter we feel tired so something in us feels tired not the body not the matter that study needs to be then integrated into uh, consciousness evolution and peace building that is where uh, i feel uh, that we have to complement the western frameworks it is not this or that it is this and that to be more effective in the goal of peace building promoting a harmonious world both need to be addressed it's like western frameworks also look into uh, what they call lack of economic empowerment so and yes of course we need economic development so yes we do need to set up trainings uh, you know women's empowerment all of this is complemented by that inner inner uh, approach and just inner approach is not enough you also need that external uh, framework or systems change to happen also so they complement each other does that answer your question yeah yeah thank you so much uh, it answers a lot of questions and i really like the way in which you brought up that the um, theories and philosophies of india and the eastern civilization should also complement the western theories and um, things that have been put into perspective for the longest time so um, that makes a lot of sense actually so this sets the perfect ground for me to move to the next question so um, in your article leveraging india's soft power for conflict resolution and peace building you highlight the importance of the employment of indian culture and wisdom in peace building what are some of the core aspects of the indian culture and wisdom that make them important in conflict resolutions moreover how are they different from the western models and theories yeah so one of the difference i already answered that the western model and theory doesn't look at who is the human being right that aspect of hey, we are not just our body we have spirit we have a mind we have consciousness uh, that is never addressed in the western because they have not studied it right they don't acknowledge it perhaps also even if they acknowledge it you need to have a methodolog- methodological study of that consciousness which is what india is known for 
so that is one difference where the indic civilization can play a role because if you want to transform the world you have to transform the organizations the society and that requires you to transform the human being and that potential exists in each and every one of us for example you know the western uh, concept of putting criminals behind bars right the criminal justice system uh what are we doing in that criminal justice system to allow the transformation of that individual just locking him up in the west at least there is a thing called solitary confinement so some of the students that i have taught these are you know people who have committed massive crimes the sentence they are given is 7 uh, years in solitary confinement so they are stuck in one room they just come out for a shower every few days uh, that does not help that person to transform and so that is where the indic civilization which is all focused on human transformation you know finding your higher purpose and indian culture where uh, there is harmony and diversity people are looking at festivals uh, celebrations even death is celebrated right so at the end of 13 days when uh, as you know when uh, somebody passes away there is a celebration so that is where the indian culture needs to step up and play a bigger role like for example the festivals we have here like rakshabandhan or holi or diwali there is a huge spiritual context to it yes but there is a huge social context to it also you can forget your differences come together in celebration uh you know tie raksha bandhan to each other re- renew your vows all these things now need to be uh, codified into application to solving social challenges violence being one of them because you know um, violence will always remain always remain unless until you see the other right so violence will always perpetuate but if you start seeing that hey that person and me are the same yeah you start seeing the oneness then you can empathize then you can be compassionate because behind every criminal there is also a victim crying for help right and that western philosophy western psychology has now started understanding that okay there is something called trauma and uh, usually uh, they go as as deep as childhood trauma right but in indian civilization because we have studied consciousness it is not just trauma of this life it is trauma of past lives right so that is where western philosophy can only complement and learn from the eastern counterpart to deepen the goal yeah so it is not about i am better than you it is about how can we integrate things that are good in both these realms so that we are serving the best so indian culture has many nuggets uh, that uh, show people the uh, higher purpose of life that life is short you know after a few years we are all going to go into that consciousness where we came from and uh, while you are living here live happily that concept is missing in the western philosophy so that uh, why is it relevant in peace building because uh, peace is not just the absence of war it's not just the absence of conflict it is the way of living 
it is just a way of life and it is a natural state right for example samragni have you ever felt angry have you been angry have you been frustrated in those states have you said wow i got frustrated today no in those states what have we said you know give me some time i need to be with myself right. so that is just a, it is just a clue that those negative states are not your natural state you don't enjoy being in those states you want to come back to that peace within that peaceful state and that is our nature so there is nothing to build peace it is actually to realize that peace is your nature right that's another misnomer <laughs> peace building <laughs> absolutely i completely agree with you and i think uh, even in the western framework there is this increasing consensus among people uh, as to also uh, involve the psychological dimensions in terms of peace building and co- conflict resolution so uh, moving forward to the next question um conflict often has long term substantial effects on the mental health of individuals and can also lead to intergenerational trauma what kind of mitigation is to be done to ensure that the striving towards inner peace is long term and that trauma is not transmitted through generations yeah this is a very very important question uh, very very important so there is a lot of research that uh, i particularly enjoy dr gabor mate recently i have been introduced to his work that uh, talks about uh, trauma not just as something bad that happened usually we think trauma means something bad has happened to to you or to the person but trauma can also be good things that never happened you know so you did something good you scored 100 in the cricket match but when you came home nobody appreciated it right so it could be as simple as uh, not recognized or not appreciated when you need to be appreciated something like that you know so trauma can be both the negative events or the positive events that went under appreciated so now this trauma has a very interesting character i think the trauma is um, also proven medical research that it goes to your dna and uh, it also is intergenerational so for example the african americans that were brought to america as slaves uh, now there is no slavery but they have that intergenerational dna trend and that is where is the root cause of their anger uh, being victimized even today right so that is where uh, trauma is Uh, not only deep within but it goes percolates beyond your generation and it uh, also has uh, widening capacity so for example in the gang neighborhoods that i uh, work usually the gang retaliation comes from the space of unhealed trauma right so i hurt you because you came and hit my brother or i will kill you because you looked uh, with a certain uh, lust to my sister etc etc so trauma has that aspect of uh, spreading not only intergenerational but also perpetuate laterally 
so that is where we have to look at uh, ways to heal the trauma so one of my uh, students he is um, he was 40 years in prison and uh, after doing the meditation workshops that i teach uh, he said to me that uh, hurt people hurt others that everybody knows in communities like los angeles violence are impacted communities what hurt people will hurt others and that is true also in our homes right if you are hurt you will shout at your mom you will whatever close the door and express that hurt in different ways but he said after your meditation yoga program he said that is not correct because not all hurt people hurt others it all depends on who is your grandmother what books did you read what food you eat do you have the coping to dilute the hurt or dissolve the hurt and then he said after your meditation training he added one line he said healed people will always heal others right so that is where uh, the indian philosophy of yoga meditation needs to be looked at from that lens that hey is it just a 4 to 5 yoga class where you are happy oh mandar i would just wait for my yoga class uh, once i'm on my yoga mat i'll be so peaceful so that's because you look at yoga as a exercise a physical exercise but if you relook at yoga as a way india has always said it it's a way of life can you integrate that in your daily life just like you brush your teeth every day integrate this yoga pranayama meditation in your life as a way of life for your mental hygiene that is the only way i feel we can empower people to heal their own trauma right so western framework of healing trauma sadly comes to psychology comes to sharing your life story and deep within there is hurt is what it boils down to that deep within somebody hurt you but if you look at the indian philosophy deep within is only bliss because that is the nature of the self that is the nature of consciousness is peace love bliss and that is again a place where western psychosocial support this jargon needs to look into hey is is there something deeper and yes come to india you will see that uh, this philosophy needs to be integrated because if you want to serve the people if you want to reduce violence you have to heal the trauma you have to empower people to heal their own trauma and talking about trauma doesn't help a lot right you can keep talking but then it becomes a record you are repeating the same record at some point of time it has to be washed away just like an impression on your blackboard when you write with a chalk you can't write after a while if the the board is full of written matter right you have to take a wet piece of cloth you have to clean the white board the black board and some impressions on our mind are so deep that one white cloth will not help you have to keep cleaning that impression because some life events need you to heal deeper right the hurt is deep so just talking about it doesn't help and it may perpetuate it also so that is where pranayama science science of breathing can uh, can help uh thank you so much sir i really like the phrase that you said heal people will always heal others 
and uh, it's very it's very nice i i never came across this uh, before and uh, it's also very interesting how you pointed out that people themselves should take up the responsibility of their own trauma and they should participate in it through meditation or yoga practices so it's not always that somebody else would help you but you equally have to have uh, you equally have to help yourself so i really like that as well and uh, moving forward um Cities for Peace as an initiative aims towards building the capacity of local leaders and change makers. What do you think is the role of diverse local community stakeholders in conflict resolution and peace building? Um so these questions are very well thought of uh, Samaravni thank you. Uh, my experience uh, in violence impacted communities and neighborhoods is uh, if you ask people the answer is the same they they don't like the violence in their neighborhoods yeah so there is nobody that says i love it <laughs> i love it when there are gunshots when there is you know <laughs> rapes and assaults so not a single person will like that negative space that violent space so actually we are all looking for peace okay and uh but most of the civil society is the having a good home enjoying their life going to college going to vacations going to movies um we are not involved in uh, promoting harmony and peace we take peace for granted okay we take peace for granted that i live in a gated neighborhood you know i live in a great uh community in delhi or whatever these big cities but today that act of violence whether it's rage on the road or domestic abuse or suicides or homicides gun violence can happen anywhere a riot can happen anywhere and uh, especially in america shooting can happen anywhere you cannot say my child in that school because it's in a gated ib school you cannot say that anymore so that is where the role role of the community leader comes in the role of the local change maker comes in because this person has invested their time when other people are going for movies or other people are enjoying their life they are putting their time in doing that social justice type of activity whatever that activity may be and often these local peace builders whatever you call them they are ignoring their own well being because they are giving and dedicating their life for others they are not focusing on themselves that's just the nature of this kind of a change maker so that is where our work uh, started shaping is by empowering these change makers to look within to address their own traumas and uh, you know mental well being by nature they are going to say wow this is missing in my community this is missing in my neighborhood so those are the people that we need to find in all our neighborhoods communities organizations is people who are you know have a purpose to their life of giving back and they are not just eating sleeping drinking watching movies going to the holiday and vacations they are doing some kind of social activity paying paying it forward so that is where the local change maker plays a huge role in maintaining that community peace um 
and like i said they they need it even more because they are not uh, they are ignoring their own well being it's like you know not brushing your teeth because the time that you spend on brushing your teeth could be better used in serving meals to the down trodden so that doesn't make sense right you have to brush your teeth you have to manage your well being in a similar way nobody else can do it for you right but if that person does it and gets that aha moment that person is going to realize that hey this inner peace contentment well being is missing in my community and in fact that is the reason why violence is happening in the first place why would a peaceful person shout why would a peaceful contented person uh give bad words or hit somebody or write an email that abuses no you won't do it the very fact that people are doing it simply means they are not happy they are not peaceful they are not contented thank you so much um so once again you pointed out how focusing on yourself and your inner peace can only uh, help you work towards the external environment as well so only when you are content with yourself and you're happy from inside only then you can play an active role outside so thank you so much for that and uh, moving forward to the next question how can working towards sustainable peace ensure trust building between different communities given that in situations of conflict communities are often witnessed raging against one another yeah because uh, like i said uh, hurt people hurt others so if you are hurt um logic is going to go away from your awareness right you are in that hurt you are going to speak some harsh words or do some violent action out of that hurt yeah and then when the hurt cools down or the mind calms down you are going to repent say oh my god what did i do i shouted at my mom you know i hit my neighbor for what this is where violence will again perpetuate because hurt will calm down will result in blame blame will be self blame will be self guilt and then you will be violent to yourself so this is how violence perpetuates when you look deeper into the consciousness aspect of it so that is where we have to uh, you know build trust and uh, building trust requires two things one mutual respect okay mutual respect and second is unconditional love so love and respect you need both for trust to happen only love is not enough only respect is not enough so that is where you need to have the uh, some kind of interventions similar to what we offer in the cities for peace programs that uh, build both a space of unconditional love and mutual respect for each other and only then with that trust dialogue can begin communication can begin you can't enter a room and start conversations with people you don't trust so that is where again some uh, form of uh, they call it icebreakers <laughs> 
but uh, you know some things that unite people some things that bring people together in their heart so that is again where indian culture can be applied yeah so all the traditions and uh, uh, wisdom of the indian culture is towards heart to heart connections yeah so you look at all kinds of festivals we have in all the four indic traditions yeah in jainism there is one day where you are invited to dissolve whatever happened last year you have to forgive and go to your whatever enemy <laughs> so those uh, traditions like baisakhi in the sikh tradition it's a celebration so that is where the indic tradition needs to either play a role or other people have to see the benefit of that tradition culture and integrate it in the peace building goals because uh, trust will uh, be dampened when there is violence and there are many many vultures out there who are waiting for trust to dampen because that is where they make money right media is one of them like as soon as there is a negative story media is loving it because it helps their business model so you have to counter that with uh, trust building and that civil society and local change makers have a bigger role so um, firstly i really like the way you talked about the cycle from blame to self blame and then from guilt and how that will in turn perpetuate violence so firstly i really like that and secondly i uh, also appreciate the way you spoke about how mutual love and respect can only uh, focus towards communities coming together and having constructive dialogues so that's also much appreciated and uh, moving forward to the next question in one of your posts you mentioned about the business case for peace how is peace to be redefined or reframed such that businesses can take an active role in peace building and what is the role of different organizations in investing in peace yeah so that uh, is what i alluded to in almost at the end of my answer in the last question is uh, there is a business of violence right so if you think about any different uh, you know different types of violence like child trafficking drugs uh, even the wars uh, it is a business model somebody is making money and because of that that business thrives grows so this can only be countered if you have a stronger business case for peace and somebody is making money or saving money by promoting peace and that is obvious because as soon as violence happens business suffers but uh, that is where civil society and business have to work together to actively invest in peace because the cost of violence is unpredictable it will be huge right the loss of revenue will be huge covid being the last uh, global violence right it's a unseen enemy nobody knows what it was but it has disrupted families it has disrupted businesses uh when we work when we started our work in los angeles uh, we started with calculating the cost of violence so one murder happens in the city of los angeles we calculated all the activities that happen from the city where city money is spent 
like police need to be sent to the area to find the criminal once the criminal he needs to be put in jail they need to go through a trial there is a sentence there is prison time uh, the violent neighborhoods need now more police more police means more uniforms more cameras more guns so all this we calculated the cost of violence of one murder and it came to about 1 million dollars per murder so that is where the business case for peace is obvious all your money taxpayer money is being spent in the business of violence if you actively promote peace you can save that money that is being spent on violence and you can actually channel it to promoting public health public services better food this exercise needs to be done by civil society local government and the business community right i also think it's very important for the local communities the civil society organizations and also the local government to work actively with the business associations and um, moving forward in one of your articles leveraging india's soft power for conflict resolution and peace building you talk about yoga and meditation practices can facilitate peace processes can you elaborate on how these practices can promote harmony in regions plagued by conflicts yeah definitely um so you know this science of violence uh the indian philosophy of yoga has studied it millenniums ago that violence happens at three levels it happens at the level of action at the level of speech and at the level of thoughts and feelings but it originates in the third dimension the the thoughts and feelings only when you have a bad thought will you speak the bad word or do the bad action so it originates at the level of the thought and the mind so that is where the science of pranayama comes in that every emotion in your mind negative emotion for example has a corresponding breathing pattern anger <laughs> sadness um anxiety happiness this is the science that emotions in our mind that are generated by events in our life some people may have the capacity to cope with it like okay anger you may be able to okay say okay chalta hai yaar forget it it's okay don't be angry but for somebody who doesn't know how to cope with that anger it will get channeled into speech and action violence in speech and action so pranayama science says that just like every emotion has a corresponding breathing pattern the reverse is also true using breathing practices you can empower yourself to manage your negative emotions and that is an individual science and that is called the art of living is even the external situation is horrible i know how to manage my mind and so my happiness is not dependent on the external situation so that is why people have always come to india to learn this wisdom and that is where science of yoga meditation is not just on the yoga mat or as a hobby or on headspace the app it needs to be now codified into how can it help reduce the violent tendency 
right of a past criminal uh, or whatever people who are in conflict with each other is use this science of pranayama to heal the con to heal the hurt reduce the negative emotion in the mind and the more you do this practice yoga meditation pranayama practice the more you realize that uh, peace is my nature then you introduce the conversations about harmony and peace because then both sides are ready for a dialogue right so that is what uh, the art of living foundation which i am associated with uh, has been doing in manipur uh and in many areas of the northeast uh but this work now needs to be amplified so whoever is listening just search for art of living northeast on youtube you will see many many videos of work that is being done by the locals uh and that is how it has to remain it has to remain a civil society initiative uh because there are like i said many other factors in uh, any type of violence uh, business being one of them politics being another media being the third so you have to empower the civil society to manage conflict with that inner peace approach and uh, that work is already being done so anybody who is listening to this just uh, youtube search for the art of living in various communities like iraq uh, like los angeles that i am leading uh and more people need to get involved so and uh, don't forget your role as an academic you have to also get involved because you can do a long term research yeah um thank you so much sir uh, it's very interesting how you brought up the topic about pranayama and uh, how you know it can not only he- helping healing but it also can uh, help individuals in managing and controlling their emotions irrespective of the external factors and external conditions that are going on so um thank you so much for doing this with us today it was very enlightening considering that you brought into the table a fresh perspective on the necessity of sustainable peace in conflict resolution and peace building thank you so much thank you very much samrani i wish you all the best in your career